You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. For all the new things that God is doing in your life, I know that it's for a purpose and the purpose is to love you, it's to bless you, it's to take you from beta to better. God wants you from the sample, from the template, and He wants you to become a masterpiece in the making. So I want you to preach that to the person beside you and say, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Whatever that best thing is, only God knows and we praise Him today. Can we give a clap? To all our young worship team in the house, bringing the energy into this place. And while you're at it, can you also clap for all our servants? Let's clap for Father Albert. Thank you for blessing us with that homily. For our leaders, Brother Didoy, Brother Tony, Brother Lep, who are here. And of course, Brother Bo. And you might as well clap for one another as well because you're here. Come on. Touch somebody beside you and say, I'm happy you're here. If you're online, you can do the same thing. You can say thank you for joining us today. It's so good to be in the house of God together and we're going to celebrate like we've never celebrated before. How many of you are excited for a word from God? Come on, I just want to see those hands lifted up. Just like what Brother Didoy said, next Sunday we're going to celebrate. We're going to come together in a very big way. We're going to see you in PICC Plenary Hall. 8.30 in the morning and 2 o'clock in the afternoon and I'm sure that all of you are excited to once again join this beautiful community. And just in case you are, you are uh, curious and you're, you're confused because there were a series of messages that we put out in social media and online and some of you might have heard it. You know, some of you got the message that you're not allowed to bring kids below 17, the minors, so to speak. We put out that message via email. But I want to clarify that, all that confusion because we got to finally make the confirmation from Pasay LGU themselves that minors are allowed even if you don't have a vaccination card. You're very much welcome to join us, all the kids. You only need to have your parental consent, okay? Parental guidance is a must, so please bring your parents with you. And uh, we're, I'm sure that a lot of families are happy with that announcement, all right? But we're going to stay protected and we're going to stay safe because we're going to practice all our guidelines. If you don't have your e-ticket yet and you have been pre-registered with you and your family and your children, please message us, okay? Make sure that you message us in social media so we know that we need to still send your e-ticket okay so we're excited to do that but we're more excited for today why because we're ending our series on citizen how to build a nation has this series been blessing you can you clap your hands if this is, has been such a life-changing series for all of you today we are on talk four and i guarantee you it's gonna bless you our title for today is this when jesus becomes king i wonder when Jesus becomes king in your life, what are the things that are happening in your life? We're going to talk about this today. If Jesus is not yet king in your life, we're going to try to tell you the, this message. Not to convince you, but, but to, to, to inspire you. And hopefully that you will be the one to receive Jesus into your life. And so, if you're ready for a word from God today, I'm going to lead you into this beautiful prayer. And then I'm going to, I'm going to call on our next preacher to bless us. As we all signify this beautiful symbol. Let's greet one another in the name of the Father, 
and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody reach out. Come on. Lift your hands up in the air and say this with me. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. And because I am blessed, today I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you all lift your hands? If you're online, please join us in standing up as we give honor and reverence to God's Word. Let's sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. To bless us today with the word of God, I want you to please greet him with love and warmth. Everybody welcome Brother Bo Sanchez. Aren't you glad we have an Audie Raza in the house? Amen. Thank you, Audie. Louis, can you come here? You don't see this guy on stage often. It's the guy in the back, and he coordinates. But, but I want you to know that Louis and I, we wear the same shirt always. You know, mine is cream. And then he came up to me a while ago, and he said, I also have that color. So we're, we're the same brand, same color. It's just, we think alike, you know? Thank you, Louis. Thank you for all that you do. I have a, you know, can, it, can everybody just say this? God will fill us up. God will fill us up. Say that in Tagalog to the person beside you. Bubusugin ka ni Lord. Today is the last talk of our series, Citizen. But it's not just a talk. We're going to be praying for our nation. At the end of the talk, we're going to turn over the Philippines to King Jesus. But before that, we need to have a clear vision of what the country will be if Jesus is King. Everybody say vision. That's what we're going to clarify today. We're going to ask the question, what will happen to a place when Jesus becomes King? What will happen to a country, a city, a province, a barangay, a home, a business, a company, a life if Jesus becomes king? Are you ready? Everybody say, I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, all throughout the Bible, where there are two Bibles here. My Bible is better than Audie's Bible. I just need to know. I'm just kidding. They're exactly alike. You know, Eden, everybody say Eden. All throughout the Bible, God, remember in the story of, of Genesis, Adam and Eve, they did not trust God. And because they did not trust God, they were banished from Eden. But from right there, from that moment when they were banished, God was trying to bring back us, all of us, back to Eden. And all throughout the history of Israel, the kings, Everybody say kings. They were trying to bring Israel back to Eden. But they did a horrible job. Ask me why. Because they were far away from the Lord and 
they were idolatrous and they were corrupt but there were beautiful brief moments let 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 me I, I just just one, one two minutes that you're you'll be standing three minutes stops what is Eden everybody say what is Eden two things I mean I can talk about ten things but I just want to focus on two things number one it's God and man hanging out in the garden basically it's divine fellowship everybody say divine fellowship put your two fingers like this humor me put those two and then twist it together that's right and then show it to the person beside you and then tell that person ganito kami ni Lord that's what Eden is that is how beautiful Eden is divine fellowship but not only that here's number two are you ready for number two that man can enjoy the fruits of the garden abundance overflow excess we'll talk more about that later the kings of Israel tried to recapture that they could not most of the time but there were brief beautiful shining moments where they were able to get a taste of Eden a glimpse of Eden everybody say glimpse so here's the reading 1 Chronicles 16 verse 1 during the early reign of David this is what happened so they brought the ark of God everybody say ark and set it in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it then they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God before David there was a king named Saul he neglected neglected the ark what David did was he brought it at the center of his reign and what is the ark I'll, I'll explain in a while but could you just put your hand over your chest and just say this after me father I want you to be at the center of my life in Jesus name be king amen give the Lord a big hand everybody please be seated touch somebody beside you tell that person God will speak to you today King Saul neglected the Ark of the Covenant and they used it once in a while when they would go to battle they would bring it like an anting anting like an amulet do you know what happened ask me what they lost you lose battles if you fight battles that God never sent you to fight and what happens is I, let me say this to you that there is a huge difference between using God as a religious prop and serving Him as King. Huge difference. I catch myself many times using God as a prop. Going into battle, battles that He never asked me to fight. But I would ask Him, can you go with me? Are you listening to what I'm saying? God 
is not king. My pride is king. My ego is king. And I do things trying to justify it by saying, God, come with me. Bless my plans. When what God wants to do, wants me to do, is to serve Him as king and to fight the battles He wants me to fight. What is the Ark of the Covenant? Someone told me, Brother Bo, di ba yung Ark malaki? Noah's Ark. That's a boat. That's very different. What is the Ark of the Covenant? Ask me what? Complete sentence. What's the Ark of the Covenant? It's a box. A golden box. It's the most sacred relic of Israel. And on top of that golden box is a lid and it's called the mercy seat. So in essence, everybody say I'm listening. The Ark of the Covenant is the throne of God. God sits on the mercy seat on top of the Ark. So it's His throne. So the Ark of the Covenant is the physical expression of God's presence in Israel. I hope you're listening. Saul neglected the ark. King David brought it at the center, brought back into the center of his, of his reign, the presence of God. And this is what happens. Verse 2. We continue the reading. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Verse 3, listen carefully. Then he distributed to everyone of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone, three things. A loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. Remember what I said what Eden was. Eden was divine fellowship, God and man hanging out in the garden, and number two, man enjoying the fruits of the garden. In this beautiful, brief, shining moment, King David gives to every Israelite, man and woman, a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. What do they all mean? Loaf of bread. <laughs> this reminds me of a story. I was with... My driver, we were traveling, it was lunchtime, and we saw an Italian restaurant on the road. And I told my driver, Janatayo kumain, sabay natayo. Sabay natayo. We walked in, we sat down, we looked at the menu, I looked at my driver's face, and I noticed that he was not at peace. On his face was written an existential question. And finally, as we were looking at the menu, the waiter came. And he looked at the waiter and with, with a very nervous voice, he asked, Sir, may plain rice? And the waiter said, Naku, sir, wala. And, the, and my driver, he looked at me and he said, Beg me. Sir, sa labas na lang ako kakain. Sa karinderya. 
And I asked him, try something new. And his answer was profound, at least for our message for today. He said, Sir, hindi ako mabubusog. And you know what? That's our message for today. What is rice for Filipinos is bread for the Jew. And so when King David gave a loaf of bread to every single Jew, can you imagine the meaning of that? One more time, tell somebody beside you, God will fill you up. Bubusugin ka ni Lord. What does the piece of meat mean? During ancient times, 95% of the population did not have meat on a regular basis. It was very special. If I will compare it today, it's the lechon in the party. There are parties without lechon, it's still a party. But if a party has lechon, that is a party! Making sense that when David gave a piece of meat during his time, it was special. It was so absolutely special. Cake of raisins. What does that mean? May dessert pa? So the whole, that beautiful moment where King David gives a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins, it was trying to recapture Eden one more time where there is no hunger and there is abundance and there is overflow. Am I making sense to you? Bringing us back to two things. By the way, can I just insert this here? May I? Isn't this the message of the Eucharist? Parang hindi, ano? Ako lang yun, ako sorry, ah. Sorry, ako lang yun. No, it is! It is the Eucharist. Except the difference is that God Himself becomes the food. What is Eden? It is you and God together, you and the people together. Tapos may pagkain pa. That's Eden. And that is the reign of God. When God reigns, there is a abundance. So what happens when the country is placed under King Jesus? What happens when your home is placed under King Jesus? What happens? What, that's what we're going to answer. Two things. I just want to bring this down to two things. Number one, first message. The king that we worship and we follow is generous. Say amen. He is generous. We go back to the Garden of Eden. My, 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 I, wanted, I want to be graphic here. God tells Adam and Eve, you can eat from any tree in the garden. Did he say that? Absolutely. So imagine if there were 10,000 trees in the Garden of Eden. What does that mean? It means that they could eat 9,999 trees, fruits, fruits from the trees, Except one. Yes or no? Yes or no? I want you to read what the serpent told Eve, the tempter. 
This is crazy. This is wild. Chapter 3, verse 1, book of Genesis. Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Abay, binago. Did you get that? God said you can eat from any tree except one. The serpent said, Sinabi ba ni Lord, bawal kumain na maski anong prutas? Am I making sense what the devil does? C can I say this to you that, that every time you go through a temptation, everybody say, I'm listening. This is big. This is very big. When you are tempted, whether it be to pride, whether it be to lust, whether it be to greed, the temptation is this. It starts by inserting in your mind this insidious idea that God is stingy. That if you want something, take matters in your own hands. And if you have to, lie, cheat, steal. Because God is stingy. At the very core of all sin, is a lack of trust that God is generous. That's at the bottom of all sin. And so we fight that by believing. Can everybody say, the king is generous? Audie, you have to help me and close this message. Audie, will you answer? Everybody shout one more time, the king, the king is generous. Come on, shout it like you believe it. The king is generous. The king is generous. And when the king is generous, here's the second message. Life is abundant. Life is abundant. Say amen if you believe that. So Brother Bo explained it. Let's go back to the reading. It says that King David gave three things to the people. He gave bread. He gave meat. And he gave cake. Now, what does this all mean? Simple. When God is king in your life, it means that you will never go hungry. And if there's anybody who understands this, it's definitely Filipinos. Why? How many of you love tinapay? Raise your hand. Come on, bread is life. Tinapay with coffee. You know, you, you're good with that. Tinapay with milk. I know somebody who likes tinapay with water. You know, they dip the tinapa in water. I'm like, pare, para kang isda. Isda lang may gusto na, lumulutang na tinapa sa tubig. And then God, King David says that, uh, the Bible says that King David also gave meat. How many of you love eating meat? Come on, be honest with me. We're meat lovers, right? We're people who are not meat eaters, and that's fine. But as a Filipino, here's how I know that this is so Filipino. At the end of the meal, there should always be cake. Right? We love cake, don't we? All the sweet tooth. Come on. Don't leave me hang, hanging here. <laughs> even, if it's, even, even if the person that you know is not the one that's celebrating the birthday, you hear somebody celebrating birthday, you know what happens? Nakikikakanta ka na rin. Bakit? Kasi alam mo, afternoon, make birthday cake. Gusto mo rin ang cake, We all love cake. And so, it means that when God is king in your life, you know, you get a full stomach. You get the full course meal, the appetizer, the main course, and then some cake, some dessert. And we all love that. And you see, Jesus says this. 
He wants you to have abundance. In fact, he says this, that he came so that you would not just have life, but you would experience it abundantly. Everybody shout abundantly. That's right. When Jesus is king in your life, there, there are resources, there's supply, there is abundance. But then some of you might say right now, but Brother Audi, you know, the only abundance I'm experiencing right now is just an abundance of utang. Dami kong utang, bro. Or maybe the only abundance that I'm experiencing right now is an abundance of messy relationships. Parati ka na lang heartbroken. Abundant ka sa messy relationships. Or maybe some of you might say, you know, Brother Audi, the only abundance that I have right now is an abundance of uh, cellulite in my legs. That's it. But let me just say this to you, okay? Abundance doesn't just mean money. How many of you know that? It doesn't just mean money. It's not just one thing, but it can be many things. In fact, let me share this with you. My dad, my dad's ultimate idol when, when we were growing up and when he was young was none other than the legendary Frank Sinatra. How many of you know Old Blue Eyes? Frank Sinatra. Come on, raise your hands. And so we literally grew up with this music in our home. So that meant that we literally grew up with uh, having strangers in the night. Not in a creepy way, but if you got that reference, that only means one thing. Ask me what? It means that you are my tito or you're my tita. You're that old. <laughs> and so I happened to pick up a book of Frank Sinatra one time, and then it was a biography talking about his life and how this amazing man shaped the music industry of his, of his generation and even beyond that. And, and it talked about all his successes as a musical genius, and then it also talked about his personal life. You know, just like a, a biography would do. And to my shock, you know, finding out that this, this man that his friends and his peers admired so much, it shocked me to know that, did you know that he also left a trail of broken relationships in his life? I mean, he, he had mistresses left and right. He had, he had so many extramarital affairs and so that produced aloofness and distance to his kids and, 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 his, and, and all of his children. From the onset, you would see him and you would think, you know, this is a guy of abundance. He was so successful in what he did. And yet in the background, he had so many things that, that were missing, that were lacking. See, money is not the only thing. When, when we say abundance, it's not just about money. You know, there are a lot of people, like for instance, there are people who have money, but then they don't have a peace of mind. There are people who live in big houses, but they don't have a good relationship with people. The truth is, my friends, you cannot substitute a good house, a good career, you know, a good bank account with good relationships. We always say that, that our treasures in life are our relationships. That's our real treasure, not the material things that we own. You cannot substitute that. You know, having a, having a good life versus having a great relationship with your spouse, for instance, or with your children, with your parents, and ultimately with your God. Newsflash, God doesn't just want to give you a fat bank account. He doesn't just want to fill your belly. He wants to fill your life with His life, with His presence. How many of you want that? God wants to fill your life with His abundance. He doesn't just want you to know Him as a provider because God is more than that. God is more than, more than just a provider in your life. And I'm telling you, when you have Jesus as your King, you know, there is a kind of uh, a deep fulfillment, this deep satisfaction that nobody and nothing in the world can ever give you. You know what I mean? You can have something missing in your life, but when Jesus is your king, you can feel richly blessed.
How many of you agree with me? Amen. But on the other hand, on the opposite spectrum of that, if God is not king of your life, you know what happens? There is this hole in your life that you try to fill up and the more you try to fill it up with things and situations and experiences and material things or even with people, you know what happens? You become hungrier for more. It feels like it's not enough. It's not enough. It's just like that song. I remember that song. All the shine of a thousand spotlights. All the stars we steal from the night sky will never be enough. Will never be enough. And then it says, Towers of gold are still too little. You know the song? Sabay, sabay. These hands could hold the world, but it'll never be enough. Parang walang buhay Okay, enough, 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 enough. It's not enough sometimes, right? When Jesus is not king, it feels like there's so many things lacking in our life. And you know, sometimes I cannot help but feel like that's, that's how it is in our political situation. It's not enough. You try to research, you try to discern, to pray, to support, to rally, to, to, to vote for the right candidate, and yet sometimes it feels like it's not enough. Do you feel like that sometimes? Like our country is still corrupted. There's still so much evil happening in the systems, and I'm not just talking about government. I'm talking about organizations and companies and even relationships. Sometimes it feels like it's not enough. Like people are still hungry. Meanwhile, the rich still keep getting richer and the poor still get, get poorer. That's how I feel like sometimes. Let me just say this. I believe that political change is important. Can you say that? Political change is important. It's important. You know, it's good that we get to change our leaders every six years, every so often. Political change is important. But here's the truth, okay? I need you to listen to this. Political change it's not the ultimate solution in solving our country's problems. It's not. We cannot solve our country's problems simply by changing our rulers or our leaders. And you know this. Historically speaking, we've been through so many governments and we're still in some ways the same kind of system that we've had many, many years ago. What is the ultimate solution? Political change is just part of the solution, but the ultimate solution is this. Do you want to know what the ultimate solution is? Shout yes like you mean it. Yes. The ultimate solution is that we all need a heart transplant. We need a heart transplant. We need to change our hearts. Can you tell the person beside you, you need a heart transplant? You need a brand new heart, so to speak. But here's the promise of the Lord because some of you might be thinking, what is a heart transplant? God says this in the book of Ezekiel. God says, I will give you a new heart. How many of you want that? A new heart. A fresh heart. A clean heart. And then God says, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Can I get an amen on that? That's God's promise that He's going to put and insert a new heart in all of us. But sometimes, you know, you get to feel like, Brother Audi, you know, it's terrible. I mean, it feels like there's no hope to our country. The level of corruption that's, that's infested our, our government. And yet from time to time, you know, you will see glimpses of hope. Just like the story that I'm going to share with you. I'm deeply blessed by the story that one time, happened many years ago. I happened to talk with one of our music ministry servants, who is no longer here, by the way, with us. 
He's now with our Lord, and um, I'm glad that I heard this story, and I hope that it will encourage you. Because one time, he spoke to me and said, you know, Brother Ori, I happen to work to, uh, with uh, one of the most corrupt government agencies in the country. I'll leave it to you to guess what that agency is, because I don't know either. But he says to me, not a single day would come that not even just one person would come to me and offer a bribe in exchange for, you know, a service, a signature, because he was at, at that level of his, of his career. And, and so I asked him, I said, bro, how do you deal with it? I mean, every day you got one guy, one girl approaching you? Yes, one guy at least, one girl. And so I said to him, how do you deal with it every single day? And he just smiled at me and he said, I deal with it every single day, one person at a time, one battle at a time. You know, change is not going to happen overnight. When change happens, it's not going to be like a nuclear explosion, like an atomic bomb in your life. That's not how change happens. Sometimes it does, but oftentimes it doesn't. Change happens very slow, very subtle, incremental changes. You don't notice it, but it's steady. When you do steady change, you know what happens? It's sure. It's consistent. Right now, I'm thinking of one of our leaders in the community. His name is uh, Brother John Escoto. Brother John is uh, our district leader for the Laguna District. And, you know, Brother John, he's an amazing guy. And oftentimes, you know how amazing the person is based on how much they love God and how they love people. And Brother John has this amazing ministry. You won't believe this. He has a ministry for prisoners. A prison ministry, so to speak. And you know what he does? He goes to the prison not just to visit them, not just to give them a gift, but he preaches to them. Look at this photo. This is Brother John preaching to the prisoners behind bars. He's preaching to murderers and, and rapists, extortionists, thieves, and, and addicts. You know how hard and difficult that must be to, 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 to be rejected by people? It's hard. You don't even know if people are understanding you or listening to you, but he does it. Why? Because he loves God and he loves people. And you know what's happening? Change little by little. People now who used to hate people, who used to rob people, who used to hurt people, now little by little people are turning their hearts towards God. It's beautiful. I'm also thinking right now of another person by the name of bro Brother Darwin Susana. I, I, I wasn't able to get his picture, but I hope that you can see these photos because one time during the pandemic, Brother Darwin was in his condo during the lockdown and then he looked outside his condo building and then he saw in that random parking lot a few drivers who were stuck because of the ECQ. And so they were hanging out, they lost their jobs, you know, their livelihood, plying the streets of Makati. And so you know what he did? He went down. And then he talked to them. He brought the little snacks from his own pocket, from his own pantry, and then he, he offered food to them. And little did he know that that single moment would turn into many moments of priceless memories because he soon realized that they were also hungry, not just from their bellies, but also in their hearts. They were hungry from the Word of God. And so you know what happened? They started a little feast light for, for jeepney drivers. Show the picture, can you? This is what they looked like in the, in the lockdown. They were watching and hearing the Word of God from a jeepney, at the back of a jeepney. And then after that, they would have a little feast. They would have a little snack. And then you know what happened? After the lockdown was lifted, they went back, of course, to their livelihood. 
But every single time they could gather themselves together, they would still meet and they would still worship the Lord. And little by little, I'm telling you, they're gonna, you're going to see them. Next, next April 17th, uh, next Sunday, they're going to come. They're going to be there. Little by little, people started to change. These drivers who had no idea who Jesus is, all of a sudden, they now recognize that there is a generous God through the generosity of people like you. The money that you would donate here at the feast, we used it to bless people like them, you know, to feed them, to encourage them, and to let them know that, hey, there is a God who loves you and He is generous. Can we clap our hands for our generous God? And so with these stories, you know, we are given hope. Hope that there is change. But this is how we're going to change the world, my friends. Not overnight. How are we going to change it? Through you. When you change your hearts, we love people one at a time, one battle at a time, one day at a time. That's how we do it. Can I invite everybody to stand up? We change our country by loving people one at a time. And you know, this election season is very messy. Can you agree with me on that? It's messy. It's dirty. It's, it's just downright filthy. And sometimes you get to think, you know, we're supporting our candidates. How many of you have a candidate that you're going to vote for already? You know who your presidents and your VPs are and your senators are? That's good. That's good. If you don't study, research, pray about it. But if you've got already somebody that you're supporting, give your all-out support to that candidate. But here's the thing. Let me just say this. Because it comes a point in our life where sometimes we give so much support to a candidate, a person. Because we believe in them. We know that this person has been anointed by God to lead us, to lead our country, to be our next representative, to mirror God's love in our country. But here's the thing. There is a, a little campaign that uh, one of the retail chains did this. It's a very creative campaign. And uh, it's also, it, it also promoted sales to them. And what they did was they put the faces of all the presidents in a paper cup. Did you see this? You know, you got your paper cups, you got your presidents. And so if you buy whoever as your president, they would have an informal survey. Whoever buys the most number of whoever that candidate would be, that would win their, their, their informal survey. And here's the thing. You're campaigning for a candidate. You're campaigning for a person. You're campaigning for a party list. You're campaigning for a, a belief or an ideology. You're campaigning for something that you truly believe will take us to the next level of progress, to the next level of growth. Are you still with me? Okay. But there's also a sense in which that in all the campaigning that we do, we sometimes forget one thing. That the people that we look up to, they're only people. They're imperfect. They've got selfish motives, just like me, just like you. They've got pride. They've got ego. They've got people surrounding them. They're just people. What we're forgetting sometimes is that in the pursuit of what we want to have a good life, not just for us, but for our kids and the kids, after our kids, we forget that they're not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. Let me say that again. Jesus is the Savior, nobody else. Jesus is the King. And so as we deliver this message today, we said, let God fill you up. Lord. Here's the alternate message. As Jesus fills you up, as He fills you up, here's what I believe. That Jesus will fill your cup.
He will fill your cup to full. Overflow in Christ. Start with you. It cannot start with the person beside you. It cannot start with your leader. It can't start with me or Brother Bo or Brother Didor or the rest of our leaders. But it starts with you. Only God can change you. I can't do it. I can try to convince you as much as I can. But it's you who will make that decision. Are you going to change? Because if you will, then that may, be, that may be the spark that we are praying for. We're praying to the Lord, Lord, change this leader. But before we pray to the Lord to change that leader, Lord, change my heart. Give me a heart transplant. If there is anything besides Jesus that you've placed on the throne of your life as your king, I want you to set that aside. Scrap it out. Push it, push it aside. If you need to exert some effort, especially if it's deeply rooted already in your life as a habit, as an addiction, you need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to do that. But I want you to know that that's where change happens. That's how it begins. By allowing Jesus to take the seat in your life and to say, Lord, I will worship you and you only you alone. You are my King. You are my Savior. I want you to put your hand over your chest right now as we pray and remember this monumental, pivotal moment in our, in our season where we get to choose our candidates. But we start deep within, to search deep within ourselves. Say this with me. Jesus, you are my King. You are my Savior. Nobody else. If there are things that I put my trust in and I've depended on, I surrender it to you now. I give it to you. I know that you will replace this with a new thing, a better thing, and the best thing. I want to have life with you, Jesus. I want to know you. I want to serve you. I want to worship you and I want to obey you. Come, have life with me. I invite your power, your presence, and your glory to reign in my life now and forever. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.